go to radio.warwick.ac.uk forward slash listen. This is Raw. Hello. Good afternoon, people. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we just got into the studio. Uh, it's raining outside. It slowed us down a little bit, but we're going to go straight into things. Um, uh, this is Benny. <laughs> and I'm Jason. And in case you this is either have, or. still have no idea what we're doing here, it's either or. And um, we're going to start the show with uh, quotes, which is our kind of like new thing, which is quite cool. And I promise we didn't, <laughs> Not just, really. find, we didn't just find <laughs> these quotes about five minutes ago. But, um, no, we did. We, no. We, we planned this, you know, for a long time. We spent a lot of time planning this, so I hope you all appreciate it. But um, basically, we're going to talk about literature today. Uh, Manny will be defending... Uh, I'll be the judge. And I'll be the artist. And Manny, if you want to introduce your quote. My quote is, literature is the art that can, it's the only art that can be moralized. Yeah. So and that, that is by John Kerry. Okay, so literature is the only art that can moralize, yeah? Yeah. And my quote is, obviously, because I'll be the artist, I'll be referencing a different view. And mine is um, a quote from Wilde, which is, there are no good or bad novels. Um, a novel is only uh, well-written or poorly written, and that's all. Really? So, <laughs> well, that's what we're going to find out okay. over the course of the okay. show. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, please email in by emailing studio at radio.warwick.ac.uk. Or you can use the web inquiry form. The web inquiry form? What's that? I don't know. There's a form on the web that you can just type whatever it, you can request a song and then type it in and then we can receive it like instantly. Wow. All right. I am. Well, last, last, last week we had very little, uh, very few emails. and I was Because of the football because match. Of the football. But the week before that we were swamped with emails. So hopefully we'll get like a good kind of balance today. But yeah, we'll hopefully. see anyway. That's up okay. to you. All right. Hello, welcome back. That was uh, Live Long by Kings of Convenience. We play quite a bit of Kings of Convenience. You may have noticed by now, but it's one of Manny's favorite bands and one of the, the few bands we can both agree on that's actually on the raw right. jukebox. But I think some people are not really familiar with the structure of this radio show. We got email asking what's going on, you know, what's with the song. I think blah, it's a bit, blah, blah. Of an, a bit of an exaggeration to actually call it a structure. <laughs> All right. But anyway, the basic formula in case people well, don't we know just got to play a song like once in a while just to, you know... Yeah, if you have come a break here. for everyone, but we will argue stuff and they argue about the ethical and artistic perspective of literature today. And that's, then that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan today. Um, first of all, we're just going to what are we going to do now? Well, <laughs> well uh, Jason, since you are a literature student, why don't you say something about it first? OK, so that's quite a lot of pressure for me. <laughs> but um, I, guess, I suppose we could talk about um, Let's think about, um, do you know any kind of like novels that we can talk about at the minute? Me? Yeah. The thing, is that, the thing is that me, me and Manny will be presenting this with quite like a different kind of background in which I'm apparently a literature student and Manny is a connoisseur of internet novels. <laughs> <laughs> so the range of examples we could draw on are quite, quite varied. Um, if any of you have any like novels or anything that you think um, bear, bear these kind of issues in which we're talking about uh, whether a novel as the potential for increasing kind of like moral knowledge after reading it or whether it's just purely like an aesthetic kind of object like well written like in my quotes then please let us know about that but if not then we're just gonna think of a book to go straight into um we're gonna play a song now until we kind of get we're not gonna play a song now <laughs> manny's shaking his head frantically like no the song's not loading yet so let's think <laughs> i don't know where okay what i think is for there to be novel right for novel yeah. right not only there needs to be certain um necessary structures yeah for example the plot the character and i don't know the setting mm. the mood the atmosphere yeah and 
I think those are very important for novel, right? But yeah. I think the most important thing is that there should be an ethical objective or ethical perspective of it, and that is how a novel can be judged. Yeah, because without it, I would think that there's no soul to the novel or literature, and then it would be just like a form of very well written. And uh, that can bring people pleasure, but that doesn't really mean anything. Because as the John Kerry said, there needs to be a transformative uh, effect for the novel to be good. Okay, but this this idea of like some kind of like transformative effect. I mean, how many novels out there really will substantially like add or expand our kind of like moral awareness? Well, I mean, just, surely just, just just there's not many you know stuff in the market that can have this transformative. Effect that doesn't mean that literature shouldn't incorporate transformative ethical I mean, imperatives. In in the early days of the novel, the, one of the main um, in the early days in the early days when I was a young boy. I mean, towards <laughs> when the, you were a young boy <laughs> when the novel was like a new medium. One of the main selling points it had was to um, give more when lessons is novel to the a audience. New medium. I think it was like the early 1700s, late 1600s when the novel right, okay, okay, started to take off with like so the new printing press. But so you, were, you were a kid back then. I'm quite an old man. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. But basically, um, one of the main selling points was, and one of the only kind of like, because the novel was kind of controversial from the beginning. People preferred like classical, like drama or like poetry, but the novel was kind of like this new, like up and coming kind of rebellious kind of new project. And, um, one of the ways that had to justify itself was by becoming like a, a means of moral kind of illustration for the reader. So a lot of them would just be quite like didactic kind of cases of like a moral dilemma and then would express some kind of resolution of that that the audience was meant to agree with. And like the interesting thing was that like a lot of um, the novel's early readers were women and the men, because men would be the only ones who would write the novels, would use that to try and... Um, install kind of a sense of like social decorum for the, for well, the social decorum like kind of like social like code of conduct okay so isn't, it, isn't that an already an ethical imperative yeah that's what i'm saying it like in these early days like the main kind of point of the novel was like it was just loaded with these kind of like ethical kind of um lessons and that's like the main selling point the only nowadays for them. or back then back then it was that's All how right. it kind of like began and um, nowadays, like like Manny said, there's like few novels out there that really have any kind of like transformative ethical impact. I mean, the w- few that I can think of would be um, Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. <laughs> what is that? Which is one of the, like the most famous novels in like American history. Which is a novel that basically brought um, the kind of like moral repugnance of slavery to like a wide audience's attention. I mean, everyone like. You used to think like slavery was like okay and just like the social kind of um, acceptable way of behavior, but then a lot of, well, like a f- just like a few, I imagine, like writers and stuff started to try and like describe it and like try and create like a, a moral kind of image of what was going on through their craft. And uh, her novel is like famously like um, called one of the one of the few kind of like um, impacts that actually ended slavery in America because it had like depiction of these kind of like. Um, these kind of like black slaves and like the actual lives they lived and how cruel it was for them because it like made them like a vividly real kind of um, character. So you could no longer like think of them in terms of just like objectify them. So like there's no question that literature has some kind of like moral kind of effect if it's like used well. But my main argument against you, I suppose, will be that... Well, the- I didn't really put an argument yet, but... 
I'm not arguing, okay, I'm not arguing against you, but I would just say that, especially like you said nowadays, not many novels have transformative impact, but yet people still read them and think they're valuable for some reason. And it's interesting to try and work out why that is if they're no longer, you know, the kind of like pedagogical kind of like, this is a moral lesson yeah, but what, learned what, what, from what us. What do you mean when p- people still think there is certain value in it? Um, I'm going to say people like, I don't think anybody can seriously believe in the idea that they can still get moral kind of um, education from novels because there's like a fate, like one of the, the sound of the arguments against kind of like ethical, um, the ethical kind of value of literature is that to actually be able to understand the literature and engage with it and follow the plot and like identify the characters in the way that you're required to means you already have like some kind of like familiarity with the actual ethical content otherwise you couldn't actually engage and get inside the actual work itself so you're saying ethical imperatives is like an after effect of other artistic value is mm. that what you mean i will end up saying something like that but just at the minute one of the main kind of um, objections to the claim that there's some kind of like moral um, educative value to literature is that to actually be able to read the literature and understand it and follow it, you must already be familiar with kind of like the ethical concepts that are inherent in the work. Like if I'm supposed to identify with the, the main character because of their kind of like moral situation, to be able to do that, I must be in a position in which I understand the actual moral dilemma, which already requires me having some kind of moral knowledge so the, well, just the idea of right. it being able to give me more knowledge at the end, to get to the end, I w- already must have the more like the the required kind of like ethical kind of awareness. So like it's not a case that I can learn so much as I actually actually have to apply the things I already know. So you you're saying it's not about the literature itself that can provoke certain ethical idea. It's how we how how we can project our ethical value into the literature. No, I'm not saying that it's about us having to do that. I'm just saying that it's a requirement of us to already have like a degree that, of moral awareness. Like our moral like knowledge must already be equivalent to that which will be in the kind of text before we can actually enter into reading it. So exactly how we can get more moral knowledge out of it without like then just like not being able to read it anymore seems a bit kind of like. All difficult. right, I see. So you're you're saying yeah, ethical value should be in the text but it's it's not the transformative effect it's that how we since we already come come to in contact with a book with a pre-existent moral ethical value and we need to have that in order to read the book yeah so we won't have as much transformative effect because we're just reading what we have back into it a lot of it is like projection we project the information we already have in order to like open up the the book for our own reading i mean we can't like follow a plot that relies on this kind of like moral sophistication if we don't really have that kind of same level of sophistication in our own understanding otherwise we're just going to get confused bored annoyed think what's going on i can't read this kind of thing so exactly how a book can try and encourage or like increase that kind of sophistication without us already having it even to enter into and learn whatever lesson it's meant to be giving us makes the whole idea of valuing it morally because it gives us moral information and like increases our moral concept is like wrong-headed from the start it's got it backwards because we need the moral knowledge to actually get the moral knowledge but, but, but then still the, like let's okay let's suppose the book the novel has uh i have certain ethical or moral uh cognitive 
you know, concept already. Yeah. And I'm reading the novel. Okay. And the concept I I already have is essential to read the novel. Yes. However, the novel goes a bit further. Then, then it kind of transform it and let me reflect back on what 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 I have. And then, and be able to think more about it. Do you see what I mean? So that's like um, a position that's quite popular called clarificationism, which basically says that you don't actually increase the moral content of your own kind of like um, understanding, but instead the ones you already do have are kind of clarified in some respect, and they're exercised, and that kind of enhances them. So it's not actually like a quantitative kind of increase, but like a qualitative kind of um, expansion of the things you already know. But it is already transformative. Well, that depending on whether you can define that as a transformation. What transformation like, I think, doesn't? I don't think we have to say that literature has to be transformative to have value. If you say the clarification thing, you can just say, in virtue of it, clarifying and like cleaning up the kind of like ideas you might already have, but they're slightly messy because they've actually been exercised in this way up to now. That could be like a value in itself. But then I'm thinking that if that's the way we want to go, then that will ultimately depend on exactly how the work um, kind of like approaches the understanding we already have. And that itself will be through the kind of like aesthetic design and actual aesthetic properties. So to actually say we can have any kind of like moral clarification will require us saying exactly how and it by kind of like what means the book creates this kind of clarificatory kind of effect and i think that will ultimately boil down to the book is so well written as to engage us and kind of like make us think and make us like apply the moral principles we already understand this will be a virtue of the book's design which is an aesthetic quality which is not aesthetic it is an aesthetic quality it is yes yeah it is but so you're saying the ethical imperatives is not as significant as I would think. I'm saying that it's not in virtue of the book being like morally good. It's in the book of being well, like surely, well surely for the book to be morally good, it needs to have some moral imperative, right? Yeah, it does have to have some kind of moral imperative that will either expand or clarify our moral concepts. But then the book can only manifest these kind of moral kind of um, impressions in virtue of it being written in a certain way. Otherwise, it if like there's like one single kind of like definition of how you write a book, we would always end up with the same kind of moral effect after the end of reading it. But there's like a choice, like the artistic choice of how exactly to present these kind of like ethical dilemmas that kind of stimulate uh, like pre-understanding. That itself is like a artistic design, which is the real object of why we evaluate it. Okay. That's basically my um, argument. We're going to play a song now. Yeah, no, well, and let's then think Manny about can, it more. And then if anybody we'll has any later. thoughts at home or books they want to talk about or songs, then let us know. But until then, it's a Dizzy Gillespie. Hello, welcome back. I didn't know your voice could make that noise, Manny. That was quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a perfect impression of a trumpet. Wow, brilliant. Okay, well, anyway, you. Um, we've had a request for a song by uh, Yi Hung. No. And we'll play that in a bit anyway. So if he stays <laughs> around, we'll play it for him. After we continue talking, because I know he wants to hear us get back into right. it. So um, now the well, balls are So far, Yi Hang is the only one that's sending any email. I mean, we, we do we do appreciate Yi Hang's efforts, right, thank but you, we, just, we want more people. 
or you can email us more. Yeah, just we'll email like at studio at radio.warwick.ac.uk or use the web form. The web form. In the web inquiry form. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'll come back to what you were saying. You're saying that a book can have ethical value, but even if it has a ethical imperative, it still needs the artistic um, vehicle, instruments, tools, means to bring it out. Yeah, I'm saying that if um, but even if there is no no ethical imperative, those um means that that were used to manifest the ethical imperative can count as a value in themselves. Is that what you're saying? Um, I suppose I was saying that if I don't think the actual ethical imperative like is is a necessary condition for like it to be like a good novel. I'm just saying that you know right. historically and in most cases there's this view that novels do carry this kind of like moral content to them. And I'm saying that even if that is the case in certain works, that itself is not sufficient for explaining the artistic value of that piece. Because if we want to work out exactly how a novel clarifies or like increases our moral awareness, we need to look at how it's represented in the text, which will be in terms of artistic uh, implementation but still like suppose the, the, the novel right yeah as ethical imperative okay. it has a certain ethical imperatives mm-hmm. then the artistic oh, um, means are just means to bring out the ethical value well then then more to than judge just that means. novel then it's, it seems like you're judging how well it's bringing the ethical value and it seems like the ethical value should be the uh, soul concern. I'm not saying that literary devices need ethical weight to them. I'm saying that any kind of ethical thing inside literature needs the literary weight to it. Not the other way around. Basically, I'm not saying that literature, just because it's like um, has like cool kind of techniques or it's like well written, requires some kind of moral content to them to. In- like increase its own worth i'm saying that if um the author wants to put in moral ideas they're going to need to ground that on literary kind of devices so it should take up our like our priority and evaluation but if there is a novel right yeah with no ethical imperative whatsoever mm-hmm. how can it be a good novel like can you can you make an account for it i suppose there are like some novels like we said earlier like a lot of novels nowadays they don't have any kind of like straightforward or like clearly educative kind of like moral content to them yeah they might like have moral issues as like a theme but don't make like a big deal out of like making their sole purpose elaborating those kind of like moral. they don't want to like no, but, but i'm saying if if there's a work there's completely the moral imperative is complete absence yeah, and any well, novel types remember like earlier that? we said that if there is any kind of moral feature, it's partly based on our own projection of moral understanding onto the work. Oh, that's what you said. Well, that's what I was trying to like say. Um, that was my objection to the idea that literature can straightforwardly just give us moral things. It's always like oh, a reci- what reciprocity mean. between the reader and the text. Well, if we take that into account, we can say that possibly there can be no literary works that are like completely devoid of any kind of like ethical um, understanding just in virtue of us as human beings reading it so who are we, always concerned there, there with ethical issues. There needs to be an ethical issues. 
I'm not saying that there needs to be no, one. There, there, for there will be. But it's if like there a, is, yeah, there it's a psychological to, necessity. There doesn't there, need there's to be the ethics for it to be literature. But if it is literature, there will be ethics purely because we are ethically conscious readers. All right. If we gave okay. a book to a dog, maybe you know. <laughs> no, no, no. If if a dog can read, if a dog know. could read, yes. I don't know about that. I, I think that's like outside the scope of our immediate discussion. But so what I'm saying is that because we're human beings and what we do is think about things ethically, then we will project ethical I ideas still, into any work. As a human being, it's possible to abstract the work from its ethical imperative by pu- just purely read it through the artistical perspectives. Yeah, I think that. And judge the book solely based on artistical mean, uh, uh, judgments. Yeah. And now, okay. Then now we have case that it's possible to read or judge or view a literature piece of work without incorporating the ethical uh, imperatives, without focusing on the work as embodying ethical yeah. imperatives. Then, do you still think it is possible for that novel to be a great work? Well, I don't know, like whether de- we're defining how we're defining great. It's in like would it be one of the I mean, what well, would you look, define as okay, a great okay. work? Okay, we, okay, we're not really assessing uh, like degree of greatness, right? Yeah. What, but you're you're saying. Do you think there's like a case difference in literatures that are just books and literatures that are like great works? Is no, that what I'm you're saying? saying literature that's abstract from the ethical imperative and literature that's co- incorporated with ethical imperatives. Yeah. I was saying the former one, it's impossible for that to be a great work. Yeah, it's impossible. Just on that level, that it's just impossible. Okay, but then if we have this, if we think there is like a clear-cut distinction between these two works, one having like ethical ideas inherent in it, yeah. and the other one being like abstractable from ethical yeah. kind of concerns, then why do we then have to put some kind of like hierarchy between them? Why can't we just say these no, are just two kind of like not different necess- categories? It's not like a hierarchy, okay? It's like, it's, uh, when I say level, it's like, why well, I'm postulating a certain condition. But just like your words, like, they can't be a great work. They can only be like <laughs> mere literature. It just seems to suggest that you were already incorporating the evaluative kind of thing in this kind of like category. Yeah, it, it is, but it's it's not. It's, I'm I'm not really you know giving any hierarchy. Saying okay, if you have the ethical value A, okay, you are in the category B. You okay, know? yeah. I'm not saying like that. Yeah. I'm just saying there are certain conditions that need to meet mm. for their for the work to be you know at least be a. Uh, um, be an adequate candidate for a great work yeah so do you have any kind of like examples or any kind of like way to describe what these conditions are uh what do you mean i mean say we have a work like you say like one will be uh, let, let's talk uh okay anyway for lack of better words yeah. you say there's one category of books which are abstractable from the ethical ideas which are just they can never rise above what they are to become like great, really valuable pieces of art. That's well, what you're so, saying. Supposed work that just purely imagery. Okay. And uh, like really, you know, rich adjective yeah. description. Yeah. You know, to create the atmosphere, really good. Mm-hmm. The, and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no character. Okay. And uh, or maybe just one. You know, not much. Um, and the plot is just doesn't have any uh, deep meaning than the ap- appearance. Yeah. Like you say, hi, good morning, stuff like that. Yeah. And that's it. 
So you're saying, what were the main things that were wrong with that work according to you? Well, I'm saying that, well, for like a common common word, there's no soul to the literature. There's no soul to it. Yeah. Well, I suppose the the focus is. I'm I'm imagining that the work you have in mind is not one where the author just accidentally forgot to include ethical yeah, ideas. Yeah, maybe he deliberately do that. Yeah. So the the main focus was just on creating this kind of like like state of like I don't know experience yeah, and, and reading a, it. Yeah, an experience that is there is just no cognitive faculty can be involved. Well, there will always be some cognitive faculty involved in, um, in order to recognize right, the okay, words that you use. language. Okay, fine. Yeah. So basically, I think, you know, there has to be more to it than rather than just, this is just language and doesn't contain any kind of ethical weight because there are works that don't, like, Like, suppose, no, no, that's like a technique, like, they're, they're, it's quite recent, I guess, the improvisation of words. You just just keep writing without thinking. I know what you mean. You know, uh, like the stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. That's not quite recent, but I see what it's like. All right. Okay, suppose a person write a novel yeah. just by, you know, when, he, when he's driving and then keep writing, keep writing, and after an hour... That would be very dangerous, and we don't condone doing that at home. Okay. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Then, okay. Can you judge that work? Like, how can you judge that work? I would first want to say that this kind of work is not the kind of example you want to be using to advance your argument because this kind of work I'm imagining if it is unconscious will by that very fact be more likely to include ethical ideas than a work that was consciously deliberately trying to avoid including well it's probably not consciously deliberately I mean you said there are there might be a work where someone Uncon- was like just like writing kind of like yeah, stream yeah. of consciousness yeah, yeah. which kind of means you don't have that part of your brain active which discriminates between which words you're going to write down you just let it all come out without yeah. really thinking about it and i'm saying because we, like earlier we we agreed that human beings are just like inherently kind of ethically minded people then the unconscious stream of words even though they're unstructured and basically like don't really incorporate any kind of literary properties those themselves will in their like raw form include the ethical awareness that we all have inside us. So I think that example is one which would include like ethical kind of concerns. Because by improvising, we will, we will inevitably include certain ethical. Because earlier we distinguished between works which could be abstracted from that ethical thing and works that couldn't. Yeah? yeah, and you said that the ones that could be abstracted we agreed that those would be ones where the author didn't forget to put in the ethics, but just chose not to put in the ethics. Yeah. But this one is not a case of someone who's chose not to put in the ethics. They haven't made any kind of like choice whatsoever. Yeah. But because we agreed that human beings, one of their like main concerns is always ethics. If they're writing without any kind of like deliberation to exclude ethical concerns, then even their unconscious kind of works will include ethical importance. I can see what you mean. Can you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think when I was writing that, uh, saying that, it was a bit stream of conscious myself. But <laughs> <laughs> but can we work with that? Or but I, okay, now now you're saying it's impossible when reading work. We can't read any ethical imperatives. So when I say uh, there needs to be certain ethical imperatives in the work, mm. I'm just saying I I'm basically saying yeah, every work can be a good candidate is that what you're saying 
I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm just saying that <laughs> the example you used for works that we can't evaluate, like the unconscious ones, themselves are inclusive of ethical issues. But can we judge it without ethical issues? Not the unconscious one. No, I mean... Just works in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> we can. Um, because you said earlier there was a case of, of works which you could abstract from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying yes, we can judge it, but we cannot judge... It, it, it cannot, you know, go to a... The level of greatness. Yeah. But that's because you've already defined greatness as yeah, an yeah, ethical but, thing. But, well, obviously, you won't define it as that. Yeah, but can you say like a case where, like, um, not that greatness is the most ethical, but that ethical will take it to greatness without already saying, you know. No, yeah, no, no, no look. If you say, if you say you greatness. You say human <laughs> psychology, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a, a inevitable and logical impossibility that we cannot do without a uh ethical uh thinking right yeah so a novel devoid of that mm -hmm. is lacking a certain uh perspective of human being yeah yeah then it can't be a great work it's a it's work to, to, for people to read but it's and it, it's trying to minimize minimize the certain sort of necessary condition that what it is to be that work okay but what i was saying was that it might always be the case that we necessarily apply our ethical kind of our ethical kind of um understanding to a work but that doesn't therefore imply that every work invites ethical evaluation of it so yeah even, look okay okay every time we read a work we're going to be thinking of it in terms of our own kind of like ethical principles and stuff the kind of like the conscious readers will see that this work itself i'm just applying this act like accidentally the work isn't like stimulating these things so therefore i should just you know suspend these kind of judgments and just look purely at the kind of quality of the work itself but like if like you said that the work is purely imagery then the imagery will be something like i'm guessing at least reasonably subjectively kind of effective for yeah. each reader, depending okay. on whatever understanding they already have in their experiences or whatever. So then the reader who's like an attentive reader won't therefore go, this one image reminds me of something very, very bad. And therefore this work is bad because... No, no, no. I'm not saying this work is bad if the ethical perspective is provoking a bad thing. I'm, not, yeah. I'm just saying it is a necessary condition. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also, since... Um, when we're reading, we have to, you know, bear certain ethical judgment along when we were reading it. Okay. If a if a work trying to deliberately escape any ethical values, yeah. Then how can it be a great work? Well, let's move this on to like an example. Where we okay. can see a case of a work like which, Lolita, maybe. <laughs> well, Lolita would be a case where the ethical is so kind of apparent. I mean, even though the book playfully tries to say you can't really judge this ethically, and one of the ways it does that is because of, like the literary style of it, that is still like a very explicit kind of like ethically aware, like self-conscious of being controversial work. So maybe that wouldn't be a good example to use. But, but, let's wait, look wait, at, but let me just be. Can, 
can you clarify? Like, are you separating reader from the novel, and saying that? Am I separating the reader from the novel? Like when when I'm reading the novel, right? Yeah, and projecting certain ethical value. So does、yeah. the work itself need to have an ethical value in order for me to project it onto it, or does it not? It's just like normally when I, it it just like how could it work? Why you you saying like the imagery, right? Yeah. Like okay, the the dude is trying <laughs> trying de- deliberately trying to get away from from putting any ethical value inside it. Okay. Inside the work, however, as a reader, I. I associate that imagery with certain morality, yeah, like cruelty, you know, disgusting. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Then the you are separating between work and the viewer, right?、Mm. Then now you're saying we are judging because it's our the 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 uh. Our psychological necessity that, as a few, as a reader, that we inevitably project certain ethical value into it. Yeah, but the work itself. Can we talk about the work itself? We can talk about the work itself only in terms of its artistic design. It's basically so you're、argument. saying the work is devoid of ethical value, but but the work itself, reader, the work itself won't be. That devoid of ethical value because the author, like some cases, the author will definitely construct the actual work around a certain ethical、okay. concept. But for the most part, the work itself is just literally words that take a certain shape on a page, and、But、this look, kind of、okay. shape or this kind of like structure of a work itself is amoral until it's invested with、mm. morality by either the author or the audience. So I don't know how clear cut my division between the text and the reader is, but I'm just saying that no, we look, can't rely. Works, we can't、right? rely on the reader's projection.、Okay, I take your、yes. argument to be: look, a work with no ethical value in itself. Yeah. A one with ethical value in itself. In as itself, a, as in like the work, the, the how how the author deliberately tried to construct the literature to be. Okay, I'm definitely agreeing that there are two cases. Okay, and and he successfully did it. Okay. 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 Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I mean, there are cases where an author tries to include. Yeah, th- those are called bad author. Maybe we both agree that those are bad books. Okay. Anyway, so there's two kinds,、yeah. right? And I am a reader. I read two books. You read two books. No, I read these two type of books. Yeah. And the one without ethical value in itself, there will be ethical value since I'm feeling it. I will. Su- Because I read, I come with certain ethical background, and I the the work will have ethical、uh, value as it affect me. No, the work won't have ethical value. No, no, no. But I, like maybe the reading experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. will have value, <laughs> but which is subjective. But the thing is, as reading the work, there will be ethical value because the book affect us、yeah. with certain evaluative judgment. Maybe, yeah, you know, then the work has that power, you know. It might it might not be in like explicit words,、mm-hmm. but like in the imagery, in the scenery, in the atmosphere, it, it prov- provokes certain type of evaluative judgment in in me, in in my brain. You know? Okay, but there were agreed that there is this case of these intrinsic kind of artistic ideas, like the imagery and whatever you said. But how can you assess kind of a work in terms of just that? Yes, 
Well, I would still maybe it is quite difficult to say that we have to evaluate it like like I said, just by looking at the words on the page and saying, ooh, this is kind of like a pretty structured sentence or whatever. I'm saying that, you know, that wouldn't be sufficient for anything to be a great work. But I'm saying that that can be assessed not just in terms of like the ethical weight to it, but we can also say that's really imaginative. That's creative how I've done that. Or just like that kind of like um, just engages me in a certain way, just in virtue of it being interesting. Yeah, but now we're kind of valuing imagination as virtue which is an ethical imperative no no no. i'm not saying virtue though virtue is only if you want to say that the ethical is the priority i'm saying that imagination can give a certain kind of valuable pleasure and experience without having to be overly ethical okay let's okay yeah. <laughs> let's go let's play a song i hope you're still with us hello welcome back that song was a blast in the past. I mean, I, I was thinking about that oh, song It was earlier. for Yi Hang. Yeah. Know, we don't really like that song. But anyway, it doesn't I love that. that song. Oh, you love that song. Oh, okay. I me do too, now. Me just, too, me too. Just I do for now. nostalgia's sake. All right. Okay, cool. Not in itself. All right. I don't know. But I'll note it in itself. Okay. Never then. mind. Uh, well, just before the song, we were talking about how we can judge the work. We were. Yeah, but... what? Um, then we got into kind of a mess. Where we <laughs> would, basically, one of the underlying disagreements between what we were saying is that exactly how we evaluate a work is what's going to be ambiguous so Manny wants us to try and like now think about how you know what exactly about a work are we evaluating when we make judge judgments okay, okay, is that what okay. you're saying is that what you think well, we should do now i think it's a better better um this better, really needs better direction given the time constraint on. yeah we do only have 10 minutes left but i do want to hint that there will be there is a problem in terms of how we can separate the fewer from the literature piece of work how we can tell the dance yeah, from the dance yeah okay yes and is it possible to just assess the work in itself without any readers perspectives and and if so how and this uh, this is a, a very important question which does need clarifying before we can go on to like any kind of direction but it's also one of these questions that has bugged the hell out of literary theorists yeah, since, but, but since i guess given the time constraint we can't really talk about that but maybe we can talk about it sometime later, you know? Yeah, we could do. I mean, next week we'll be talking about literature again, will we? Or we'll be talking about something else? Uh, I don't know. It depends. Well, okay, look, so no one vote. <laughs> yeah, we set a vote last no week. No one vote. Um, we, we had one vote, and that was from Manny. <laughs> and that's <laughs> why we're here today. But basically, we're going to open the votes again. And if you want to hear anything, let's talk about no, anything no, no, else. No, are we still going to do the vote? No one's going to vote anyway. If we open the vote and no one votes, and we can just Let's do just don't we humiliate ourselves by saying there's a vote. Okay, we're not going to humiliate ourselves anymore until next time we humiliate ourselves. Deal? Uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're agreed. But for now, we're going to... How should we end the okay, show today? No, uh, then, okay, I hinted certain certain um, difficulty in talking about you know, artistic, ethical you know, conflict between literature and uh, piece of work. But yeah. now... Now, as Jason just said, I think we will focus more on how we, uh, what, what, <laughs> what should be judged, like what we're judging. Yeah, when what we, we're when judging we when I'm, we are judging the work. When I'm saying I'm judging that work, I mean what's inclusive under that kind of thing. Am I saying am I judging the work in itself, if such a thing can even exist, or am I saying I'm judging the experience of reading, or am I judging it in terms of subjective kind of like stimulative experience i'm having okay but given the time constraint so i would just interview jason so what do you <laughs> why are you judging when you're judging the work um let me think i guess there's no way for it to have any value in itself 
And I also hold that it can't have a strictly subjective value. And I'm saying that basically one straightforward, you know, very uncontroversial (laughs) way of looking at it is to say that there is a kind of um, in-between position where what we're evaluating is our experience insofar as it is stimulated by some kind of um, form or design which has been implemented with the intention of creating a certain affect, that would be what we're judging. Well, Does so that how, 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 how the artistical device, how the author intentionally... Yeah, I want to say we can't just say, this makes me feel a certain way, so I'll evaluate that. I want to say, I mean, I'm sure there are cases where like, there is some kind of artistic device being used that creates different responses. And I want to say that some of them are less true to the actual um, purpose of the mobilization of that device in the work. And therefore, we can't base our evaluative decisions on the experience, which is determined by that kind of like um, confused kind of response to what should be there. Okay, I'm guessing. So you say, okay, look, so basically it should do the job. What do you mean it should do the job? The literature device like as an individual literature device, device is do, like do what they're supposed to do bracketing out questions of the guy who's driving and writing at the same time yeah any writer who kind of like writes a work so will have included mm-hmm. certain they won't like just like write they'll think about how is the best way to phrase this all right okay so you're not uh, now saying um how intentionality correspond to the manifestation of the work but not strictly intentionality i'm just saying intentionality is something that we have to consider as part of the overall kind of thing we can't rule it off okay okay so there are few um terms maybe okay like first how the author used it yeah and second how well it has uh, the the device has, has yeah i think the implementation which is like the balance between the intention and the actual effect we are experiencing is where we should try and like focus it because otherwise we could say that how a writer about ethical intends value like say like there might be a writer who intends to write a book that's kind of like anti-slavery and someone comes around and goes this book endorses slavery very very well because they've confused like a certain level of um, implementation in the actual artistic medium of expressing this kind of idea and i want to rule out cases where that can happen so therefore we have to include intention to some degree even if we say that why the mistake happened is because the intention wasn't executed perfectly so okay. I guess in a certain sense they have to do the job isn't far from what I'm saying. Okay. So it's a good canonical catchphrase. Yeah. Does the oh, work right. do its job? Okay. Okay. But where we say the place of the ethical values or certain ethical imperative that's provoked in the work is it solely to manifest the artistic devices. Mm. So the ethics is now instead of the artistic device being the mean to bring out the ethical value is the other way around. The ethical value is trying to bring out how and what should the devices be. Um, obviously, there's going to be some overlap and some ambiguity overlap. about which one has priority. I see. But I want to say in evaluation, you can, one, you can have works which... M- like intentionally do not include ethical issues. They might include some in virtue of being like projected by us. And, you know, it's always going to be the case that they will be mm-hmm. something like accidental investment in that way. But they're not like solely designed 
to encourage any kind of ethical reflection. And then there are other works which are designed more kind of to have this kind of All content. Right. Okay. But still, even in this case, it's inextricable from the artistic implementation. And because all works have to have the artistic implementation, but not all works have to have the morality, like in terms of intention and in terms of why you write the work in that way, then the priority always has to go to the base structure, which is the artistic kind of devices. All right. That's maybe. basically my argument. All right. Um, maybe we should talk about this sometime. We can continue this next week or we can continue it later. We will be here next week if okay. there's any consolation. And we want to thank you for listening. Um, see you next time.